and welcome to the Cycling Central podcast. It's the post-Giro podcast, and we're all in a little bit of a sleepy funk as we uh, we ramp up to the Tour de France in another month. But I'm here with the usual crew, somewhat usual crew, or becoming a usual crew. Uh, Anthony Tan. Who's um, sometimes unusual, but uh, <laughs> I'm usually here, though. Th- this is true. This is true. Hey, Anthony, we got a special request from one of our, um, one of our listeners. Um, jump, jump back on right. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Pretty much that. You know, he sent, sent me a DM, you know, and he's just like, oh, can you tell Anthony not to ramble so much? So, you know. Ooh. Oh, in the blogs or in the no, pod? No, no, the pod. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He was, very, he was very concerned. Yeah. Cut to the chase. <laughs> Jeez, I thought they'd say that about Rob. <laughs> no, no, I ramble with facts. You yeah. ramble with ramble. Oh, I just ramble with... Oh, that's oh the, and opinion. Yes, that's that's my job, isn't that's, it? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's right. And, and that's what I said. I said, well, you know, it's uh, we, we, we can't all... Like was, was that? Else, so. Yeah, I mean, was that your? That wasn't your friend, was it? No, no, it oh, was probably no. Alex's uh, touch footy mate. Remember, you always used to reference him. Yeah, 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 yeah probably, probably yeah, someone like yeah, that yeah. DMing you. Yeah. Oh, I'm Rob. Uh, yeah, and and uh, what if uh, Rob is uh, as many of you know <laughs> is the editor of Ride Cycling Review, and uh, he's been he's 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 been sleepy, uh, but only because. He's, no, had a lot, he's had a lot to do. I would like to be sleepy, oh, but right. it's okay. been a frantic three weeks. We did two magazines pretty much in three weeks. Yep. We finished the, the 72nd, no, 72nd edition, edition of Ride. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten how to speak. And then we finished that, got it on the press. It's out next week. Uh, we saw our copies this morning. And then uh, in, in 10 days we turned the tour guide around and it's uh, a big production. Who's on the cover of the latest edition? Of Ride Cycling Review, we see Matthew Heyman, and he's won a bike race in April, and it was a while ago, but we're pretty happy about it. And it's still a historic moment for Australian cycling, so we're going to celebrate that victory, review it properly. There's about 15, 16 pages of coverage on Heyman, including some insight from his coach, which was really cool, which we haven't published online, and also some great comments from Heinrich Hausler, which uh, is really fun. And uh, we're going to be surprised by who's undercover, the TDF tour guide? No, not at all. No, yeah. it's Chris Froome and, and then a little inset with Richie, who's our Tasmanian challenger. I was putting it together just the last pages yesterday and I wondered if I should put uh, Richie Port T-A-Z, oh no, T-A-S, T-A-S. for Tasmania because yeah. he is so proud of that. But then some people might have taken offence to that. So we put him in as an Australian. <laughs> because he is a proud Tasmanian. That's right. And he's on the cover. And you can look for that from around the 15th or 16th of June. And we'll be giving you guys a lot of promotion about that as well on air. We'll be exhorting you to well, buy the magazine during the good. tour. Yes. Yes. And also joining us is Rachel the Bear at Tour de Couch <laughs> on Twitter. And she did amazing work for us uh, during the entire Giro, working all those incredibly late nights. You mean it's not still on, the Giro? <laughs> Stage 24 tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how did you pull up? That was your first your first go. I've been doing that for eight years, so. Um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a kind of, it's too much fun to feel like um, it's work. Did you ever so, get a kind of a sleep cycle organised? No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I have no idea what sleep is. <laughs> It's still, it's, I'm still kind of, kind of getting back into it, but yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. Oh, it was really, yeah. 
I can't describe it, especially how great the race was and being able to be be a part of that. Like it was just, yeah. Yeah. I'm what, excited. What, what was your favourite part of it? Wait, 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 wait. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. So No, I just meant the experience, the Italian experience. How, what, which part of the country did you enjoy the most? <laughs> the Dolomites. <laughs> yeah. Hard call, wasn't it? From yeah. the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, well, as, as you can get, guess, um, we're going to talk about the Giro d'Italia. Uh, for starters, do a bit of a, a wrap-up of, uh, of what happened during the race. Um, and then after that... Uh, We'll get to the Criterium de Dauphine, which we'll be uh, we'll be broadcasting uh, next week from uh, from Sunday night. Dauphine, uh, Dauphine. Sorry, yeah, that's right. I, I stand corrected. Um, uh, which we'll be broadcasting from Sunday night, uh, which is a key Tour de France uh, warm up uh, warm up event with uh, many of the big hitters. So uh, let's uh, let's make that transition to uh, to our discussion. I'm going to start with Rachel. No. Because we were just <laughs> she knows more about the Giro than anyone. Than any of us, because you were up watching this this race. No, seriously. I have to take back a big call I made it this, a month ago, though. Like I, I said, Valverde is not going to make the podium. I said it not in here, but in another studio. <laughs> and he almost didn't. So I was all, almost knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but my, then he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can, you can never you can never count the uh, you can never count the green bullet out. No, you know he's um, he's masterclass racer. So yeah, well, yeah. did you have a question? Um, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I did. I did. Apart I did. from <laughs> Rachel issuing a mea culpa. Yeah. <laughs> the um, with the race. I mean, you've watched a few Giro d'Italia's over the years. I know. I know because you know you're usually online when I'm online. Um, how did this race look to you as as being? Compared to say previous editions of Jujiro, um, one of the social engagement um, things that I did during the last the last stage, I asked, "Or how would you sum it up in a phrase?" And um, a lot of people, but like, not but not using the word epic. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. <laughs> couldn't use epic. Um, the my thing was it was my idea was it was it was human, or I thought it was a bit. It was a bit more humane. Like it was, it was an all-round course. There was only a few high mountain stages. Like it wasn't kind of you know like the tour where there's like seven coming up. You know, and just I, I don't know. It just seemed like anyone could win it. Like, even though cries Steve, 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 Steve. Even though he dominated like towards the end and was that far ahead, but. I don't know, and it was an emotional roller coaster. That's another, another thing that I've haven't kind of experienced in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. It was just exciting, and I'd, it'd have to be one of the best. Yeah, um, Rob, uh, uh, the GC. Uh, we're talking about uh, Nibali, uh, Vincenzo Nibali, Esteban Chavez, Alejandro Valverde, Stephen Kruijsik, uh, Rafael Mica, Bob Youngles, Rigoberto Uran, Andre Amador, uh, Atapuma, uh, Darwin Atapuma from BMC. And Kansas uh, Situ. Now, before before the uh, the Giro actually started, we we made we had included uh, Stephen Kreiswick yes. as one of the favorites. Remember, mm. we we, we kind of made light of that about mm. you know Lotto Yumbo really not not punching. Yeah, I wrote him off. I think I yeah. said that there would be an yeah. opportunity for them to show themselves and maybe throw their arms in the air, but they didn't win a stage. Mm. Oh yes, they won the time trial. Excuse me, but not with uh, Kreiswick. 
And then Stephen himself goes along uh, and he he leads, he dominates GC, but I think the cartwheel in a non-parked position (laughs) is uh, what will be the talking point of the Giro 2016. Do you think that um, Nibali would have won that race, would have won the race without the... uh, No. No? No. If you look at him going up the Col d'Agnolo, how do you say that one, Anthony? Agnello. Agnello. <laughs> if you look at them going up there, Crowsfake wasn't in a crisis at all. It was on the descent. And I actually, on the night, I there was a lot of conjecture about what happened on the crash. But to be honest, if you put yourself in that environment, just to go straight to the, for, to the for me, what was the punchline of the race, the I reckon he was blinded by the snow. He didn't say it. He didn't sort of insinuate that at all. But he didn't climb with sunglasses on. I don't think he had sunglasses on at the top. They were doing a lot of uh, jacket uh, putting ons, you know, taking them out of the uh, of the bags, putting jackets on, getting all ready for the cold. But they didn't. He didn't take into account how bright the snow is. And I don't ski very often, and but and so I don't see snow a lot. But when I do, I'm surprised by the glare. Like even when I'm prepared for it. And if you look at going 80k an hour through a tunnel of white. Mm. It can be confusing and they maybe they could have just for that opening stanza of the, the descent put some orange spray paint or pink spray paint onto the snow just to, to, to pull it out because it would have been, I don't know, I, I wonder, I'm curious for other people's comments. Yeah, well, actually, Anthony, let's, let's expand on that because, you know, conditions are equal for all racers, for every rider on the, on the course. Sure. Um, Kreuzberg is not an inexperienced Grand Tour rider. He's, he's done multiple Grand Tours, good finishes, mm. Mm. right? Um, I mean, do you do you see do you see what happened with Kreuzberg uh, as a consequence of the pressure he was put under by, say, Nibali on the descent? That, that I, I think that's exactly it. But I love Rob's conspiracy theory. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not that's a conspiracy. That's, it's just an accident. Yeah, well, like he didn't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, mm, but, but he would. I'm convinced that he would have climbed into the. He would have kept the pink mm, jersey without the crash. Yeah, but I guess suggesting that he was blinded by the light. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible but i think if you read what nibali said afterwards he said he could he's he is such that nickname is so apt because he he smelled blood towards the top of the climb uh he no, he noticed Kreuzweg was breathing heavily uh it all looked like he was the same Kreuzweg in the previous stages but it wasn't uh it was actually affecting him so he was starting to tire. Whether he would have won the Giro or not, had he not crashed, we can all speculate. But um, you know, he smelled blood, Nibali, and he put pressure uh, not just on Crowsweet but also Chavez. Chavez almost was um, taken aback about his own ballsiness on the descent of the Colle del Agnello just to follow. Uh, nibbly down there. Uh, you know, you just have to read what Jungle said afterwards. They were doing 105, he clocked up 105 kilometers an hour on the descent. Can you imagine following a wheel? I think it's actually safer to be ahead rather than to follow mm-hmm. wheels. Imagine just that speed. I mean, you think when I guess the average cyclist can get to 70, 80 kilometers an hour on, on a descent, but imagine in a race situation going 100. Can I just pick up on that? Because Chavez didn't just follow Nibali. He he was like riding a team pursuit. Like he was so close. It was 30, yeah. 40 centimetres. Mm. Generally when they're going that fast, they give a couple of lengths. Mm. But I reckon it was a big... 
it was a brilliant ride by Esteban to to climb the way that he did. But his descending mm. showed Nibali up because normally Nibali does his thing, especially with the GC guys, and eradicates them, gets them way off the back and puts them in a situation of, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How can we hold this wheel? But Chavez was like, check it out, buddy. I'm here. It, I reckon he was... Brakes must have been burning because he was basically so close. It was real, absolute, incredible bike handling from Chavez. Yeah, yeah, they didn't probably show as much as it as they should have. They were trying to follow so many. Mm. The race was just split wide open, and it was so hard. If they just followed uh, Nibali and Chavez, it would have been exciting, so exciting, mm. just alone. It's alone, but um, just given what had transpired, uh, you know, you also had. Uh, Valverde dropped. Uh, it's yeah. there was just so many elements, you know, and we can also say what would have happened to Valverde had he gone to altitude. Can you believe this was a guy who was preparing to win the race, yet he decided to mm. ride the spring class? That was, for me, that was a rookie mistake. But that's what happens when you go to the Giro for the first time, and you. I think that's where he underestimated the, the Giro for me because you take out the stage where he faltered, the one that uh, Chavez won, Valverde would have won the Giro. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, one of the things that, the, that I noticed that the riders kept mentioning was altitude. Right. Valverde mentioned that on the first major climb of the, of the Giro where he, lost, uh, where he lost time and he said the altitude affected him. And then it appeared, I saw some comments, I think, from, uh, from Nibali who was saying that uh, it was obvious that uh, well, he had no problems at that at that uh, at that altitude, and it was obvious that Kreuzwick uh, seemed to handle the altitude particularly well. I mean, obviously Chavez mm. is, a, is a no-brainer because you know he's he born and lives altitude at, uh, native. Oh yeah, that's right. We can talk about that again this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, do a live cross with Heiko. Yeah. I, I think I think we we, we, we sometimes underestimate uh, you know th- th- that that physical aspect of the of the sport at, in the in these high mountains and mm. how. It affects different riders differently, and then I noticed later, in this, uh, after the, uh, the 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 stage nineteen, Valverde said that he felt he was going better. He started to go better at the high altitude again. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's it it makes a difference, and I think that plays a part in the racecraft, don't you? Uh, I I would just I'd sort of agree and disagree because the thing is, Valverde was almost telling himself that rather than believing it I I felt because yeah that stage where he faltered it was almost it didn't go right down into the valley uh this is the stage that Chavez won and then the subsequent stage he said he wouldn't have any problem but he did turn out to have some problems so uh I I just think you know Croeswick spent I think more than a month in uh Tenerife and then you know you've you had uh, Chavez going back to Bogota, and you know you look at the way Quintana he's, he's spending more than a month again back in Colombia. So these guys, they're spending so much time now in whether it's uh, Sierra Nevada or Tenerife, um, Colombia, wherever. I just what about what do they do about Etna? I know Richie was, for example, instead of going to Tenerife this year with BMC, he was going to go to. 
Threatener. This is but like that erupted last last week. <laughs> did it? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. so I've been told. I wasn't there, yeah. but uh, I haven't seen pictures. But someone did reference it to me last week. So what have they done? Any ideas? No, I, but it's news to me. I mean, I, I know the mountain's always kind of bubbling along. So, okay. You know, there's know always something was, going on. You know, I always have, when it's a volcano, I have this, you know, childhood fantasy of there being <laughs> lava pouring down the road as the bike riders are going up. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, I don't it's, think it was quite like that. It's just fantastic. Edna, yeah. Edna is just... You drive around it, and it's just this this whole other kind of landscape. It's just fantastic. Yeah, right. I yeah. was there. I was covering the Giro when I think it was in 2009 when they went to Edna. Yeah, I was basically – I just basically wanted to see an eruption, <laughs> even, if it, even if it would have ended me. That's right. <laughs> and then it just, you know, one, one big eruption takes out Catania. You know, boom, that's it. It just right. – just runs down a mountain and just wipes the whole place out. <laughs> So that, that got away from altitude anyway, training. So yeah, that's right. um, uh, one of the uh, one of the things about this race that was interesting is obviously we had we had Valverde and uh, and Nibali who are, are veteran campaigners and Grand Tours, but we also had another group, another nice group with Kreuzvik and Chavez and um, Bobby Uncles. Mm. Bit of a transition in. Or, or is it more something that just revealed some new talent, revealed new talent properly? Rachel. <laughs> don't be shy. Like, Jump like, in. No, don't look at right. me. Don't look at me. <laughs> this is it's your like window. Stand up, Tommy. <laughs> right. Tommy, don't, don't pick me for audience participation. Rachel is <laughs> channeling dummy in the sound of silence. The sound yeah. of silence. Yeah. Silence is actually yeah, 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 important yeah, yeah. in a podcast. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, yeah, that is the new generation. <laughs> no, I, I've, I hadn't really heard, I, I should, should have heard of Steve before. So yeah, he was like, you know, three minutes ahead. Like, you know, that's like, I just couldn't believe it. And um, yeah, I mean, and and there he's honest too. Like he, he's just like Chavez as well. Like he, he, he said, I stuffed up going yeah. on the descent and he just owned it rather than, you know, oh, well, there's, this the, was the, the, there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. 19. 19 when he crashed. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't blame the snow. No. Not being not orange or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, like, it, it's good to, it's really good to see. Like, it's, they're not just, you know, showing how awesome they are on the bike. They're just off the bike. Like, they're just, you know, humble and, well, that's what I got. Yeah, and I, I think and, yeah. there were some comments made also because, you know, the first part of the race, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion around Youngles. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, and his presentation mm. and uh, you know, oh, admiration, oh, was, admiration, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's yeah. he's go like he, there was one stage where he just I can't remember what stage it was. Um, early on, when he was still in the white jersey, not the pink, but he just powered on, and I was just like, this look at this guy go. Like, hmm. It's just hmm. yeah, I can't I can't wait to see how like what he's gonna do. It's like. Well, he yeah. was one of eight. I think that's what yeah, in itself eight. makes yeah. it interesting. You know, yeah. I've always, since I've been following the tour, I, I was a big fan of the 87 Tour de France and there were eight leaders there. And so <laughs> I've always been wanting sort of more than eight GC <laughs> leaders in a grand tour. And we almost got there this time. But um, I think a lot yeah. of people would have been pretty happy to have seen seven. Because yep. I think Chavez seemed – there's a couple of you – know, like we know that Nibali won the title, but there's a couple of emotional winners from the, the Giro this year, and I think Kreuzweg was one of them. And I think mm. there's a lot of people who would look at fourth and just think, for me, he's the man. But I th the, yeah. then there's this growing uh, legion of fans for Chavez just because he presents, just like Jungels, in a, in a way that, that attracts people to him. Everyone's talking Sagan up as being the saviour of personalities in <laughs> cycling, but Chavez is – 
I think he's raised the bar. And and it's the, f- the flip side of Nibali, who's now won four Grand Tours and gets absolutely no respect from anyone. I think it's also the team that he rides for. The mm. way that he rides, mm. I think, there's yeah. so much panache. He, he, yeah. he does put on a great show. You've got to give him a so lot if he, of So if he's wearing a different set of kit next year, maybe with the words Bahrain <coughs> splashed all over the front of I think of he'll him. have a little bit less respect. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes where the money talks, yeah. you know. I mean, that's... Can you blame... Uh, the riders anyway going, you know, Richie going to BMC or for X millions of dollars or whatever, you know, because of, or someone getting picked up, you know, these Spaniards or Bass, I should say, getting picked up by Sky, you know, when they could be leaders at any other team. I mean, they're con- when you've got contracts which last one year, two years, three years is considered a long contract, then I'd, mm. I'd go where... Yeah. The, the money was being offered too. I mean, we, we, you got a t- what average ten year career. Mm. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I, I actually, you know, had a, a lot of respect for Nibali. I thought he was out. Uh, I really, I really did. Uh, yeah, I have to also say, yeah, I didn't think Croeswick could pull off such a good performance. Yeah, I said it in the pre-Giro pod and. Yeah, I mean he's, but he he didn't really show he he could be so consistent over that mm. time. I think I had he more respect really for him. Like, yeah. yeah, when he cracked and then he still came back. I mean, a lot of guys yeah. would not have even turned up that next day. Yeah, uh, it's pretty it was, amazing. And, and it's pretty yeah. amazing. That, that was probably the performance of the rhythm, stage. Yeah. For me, it felt like Chavez was was going to lose. It, you just sensed it. He just looked so. Uh, he was filled with trepidation in that post-race interview on this, the yeah. stage. He took the Malia Rosa. I've never seen such a reluctant Malia Rosa. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that's because Kreisig had also, like, he, that's how, the right way he got it as well. Like, yeah, I think there was a bit of that. I think it's yeah. more that, you know, you had... He was... <laughs> Nibali <laughs> was... He was so good and, you know, that, that he tailed off towards the end of the stage... It almost felt and like a fait accompli. Yeah, and then on the and then on the stage, like um, you saw Astana call back Kangert, and you're like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like, you know, yeah. how yeah. how bad is this going to be for Chavez? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. But that's um, <laughs> you know, I, I I tweeted um, I tweeted you know after the race that the difference I thought was was between a young a young developing challenger, a still developing challenger, and Chavez, mm. uh, who's about to hit his prime against somebody who's a seasoned Grand Tour. Right, I think racer yeah. in his prime. Well, I think we've seen so. Nibali uh, be good in the past and we understood that he would go on to good things and he did do that. And I think from what Chavez did this last three weeks, we understand that he will at some point win a Grand Tour. Yeah. Um, I, I any- think, I, yeah that, that seems to me the, the, to be the, the case. It just depends on what they do with time trials, really. And which they, which yeah. Matty White has said that, you know, Chavez is improving enough to, to limit his losses. Mm. So, um, any disappointments uh, for the Giro? I mean, mine were mine was uh, was again Rigoberto Uran, who seems to have uh, <laughs> yeah. missed the boat and looks like he'll never actually make that jump. No, I mean it doesn't matter. I mean, John Jonathan Vaught has said how good a team captain Simon Clark was. It doesn't matter if you're a good team captain if the leader doesn't perform. And mm. I mean, yeah, you can. Keep looking back at his two second places, but those second places were it was a fair distance between first and second, and 
I don't know, with this crop, I mean, how long is Quintana going to be keep going on for? That's that's people saying, say, Chavez is definitely going to win a Grand Tour. Well, well he, he's just in elite company at the moment. We had yeah eight possible contenders for this year's Giro. You know, Crozet came out of almost nowhere. I mean, there's 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 a lot of he's in good company. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Mm. Um, other than that, you know, I looked at Rafael Mica, who I thought um, yes. you know I think he did exactly what he he was supposed to do. I thought he had a solid a solid Giro. Um, but really, at no time did he look like he's a guy that uh, that's going to win a Grand Tour. Mm. No, he doesn't. He doesn't ride like a leader. You mm. know, he 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 follows, and he didn't. He doesn't have that. I guess that killer instinct that you see in Chavez with that stage. He I keep referencing that Queen stage he won because for me that was a big deal. I think Matt White oh, said it as well. He felt when he won that stage, it reaffirmed to White that he could win. A Grand Tour because it was deep into the race. I think it was just before the stage before the third, maybe stage, uh, I don't know, 15 or 16, yeah. something. Um, Rob, any words about uh, Orica Green Edge's overall support yeah. Yeah. for Chavez? First of all, I've referenced it before and I'll say it again. Dan Jones, just please keep on doing what you do because he brings the sport closer to people. People understand cycling better because of what he's doing mm. with the backstage mm-hmm. passes. But then if, if special mention needs to go out, it should be everyone else on the team, even uh, uh, Mez, how, how do you say his surname? So, who broke Mezik. his... Mezik. Mezik, yeah. who, who, who didn't finish. But like... You see the, the the atmosphere from Dan Jones's backstage passes, and you understand that Svein Tuft has got an enormous influence on what goes on there. He's a he's a ground he's a grounding force. You know, he keeps everyone sort of uh, they, they, they'd be elated with what Chavez was doing, but Svein just seemed to keep the cool going. And I, he's just such a dude. I love watching him speak because it's relaxing hmm. and everyone else sort of tends to be on edge and running off adrenaline but he's always there just come on guys let's just do the thing but then to see Damien Howes and do what he did oh, on yeah. the Agnolo he was the one who got rid of Nibali originally Nibali would go on and win the stage and win the Giro but that Housen, okay he knew his finish line came 50k's from the finish so that's a different story but we saw such potential and such panache in yeah. delivering Chavez to the point the critical point of the whole Giro and he was there. And I think that's just fantastic. To see the way plazas in, uh, become embedded in, in Orica in a couple of months, in Orica Green Edge, he's just, there's a great atmosphere. Up until this Giro, we hadn't really seen any Spanish influence at all right. on Orica Green Edge. And now we see Suruka doing what he did with David Plaza. David Plaza? Ruben. Ruben, Ruben. Plaza, sorry. There's, there yep. is a David Ruben Plaza. Ruben, like the sandwich. But... Um, <laughs> You know, like there's so much that we could take home from the OG experience at this Giro and, and, and key amongst them is the fact that Matt White's driving the show and saying, look, we planned for this. We understand the stages. And you know from whenever they've had big success, Milan San Remo or Liège Bastogne Liège or the, the stint coming out of Corsica going into Nice in 2013 in the Tour de France, they've planned every, every kilometre of the race. And yeah. I think they've been really rewarded for that this year. It was like um, I heard Tomo say during some of the coverage, he's, he's called it a slow burn. Like, like Orica Green Edge has been on this slow burn of not, not just like the GC, but just, yeah, like, the, okay, 
tick this KPI and the next, like, you know, kind of like, and I think that's because there, you know, there is, there could be some criticism that they didn't have enough support for Chavez, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, it's his first crack at a big one and they don't have the budget yet. And they're sort of still trying to have that multiple like sprint, sprint, sprinter and, um, you know, Garens and Matthews. So it's kind of like, well, you imagine if they did throw all, like all their money behind, like, um, yeah, support for Chavez, what they could actually achieve. Yeah. Like, yeah. I t- oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to – and also with with you one as well, like I just talking about the backstage pass, my favourite moment, um, there were plenty, but my favourite one was you one at the end of the stage where he came four, uh, second behind Greipel and he just – he's the he had a huge smile on his face even though like Mezik was like, oh, well, you know, we'll try again another time and – but like Ewan was just so stoked to have been able to like race and get seconds, and just seeing that, like his kind of mindset seems to be different to what our expectations and pressures, you know, are trying to put on, on him. him. Like, yeah. yep. like I, I mean, of course he's gonna, he, of course he'd want to win, but I, I don't know. I just, I just, just really encouraged by that, like seeing that, that, that emotion on his face, and he wasn't upset or. Anyway, I'll shut up now. I'm mm. raving. Like. <laughs> uh, that's what we're, we're talking about. I text uh, Jerry Ryan literally before Chavez got on the podium to get the Marietta Rosa on stage 19 and said, congratulations, you must be buzzing. And he said, yeah, yeah, but there's, a, there's an important day to come. And I was like, yeah, but you're still, you know, you're, you're leading. You set out to do this. You must be excited. And he just said, and he just uh, texts back an emoticon with a thumbs up. But um, <laughs> I didn't even know he was. Jerry uses emoticons? <laughs> exactly. Which, which emoji was it? The smiley one? Or the, I can you know, find it. Is there a caravan one? <laughs> but I think that that sort of sums it up where you know that the, 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 the benefactor of the team knows the sport well enough to say, come on, get excited, enjoy the moment, but there's still another day to come. And uh, that's pretty cool. An emoji tells a thousand words. <laughs> I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. To me, an emoji is like I'm too lazy to type the word. Um, I'm elated or I don't have the vocab. I don't know. That's not to say that Jerry doesn't have a vocab. Oh, God. No, I'll stop now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But it's it's good to see, you know, that Jerry's, you know, there with the uh, the cool kids with the emojis, you know. Next thing he'll be telling me he's on Snapchat or something like that. You know, he's got a secret account. You know, he's just <laughs> snapping all the other guys on the team, all the kids. You know, so. What, who were the other take? Like, we, we, we see Crowsbeck. We've talked about Lotto Yumbo's mm. sort of strange ability to almost get headlines. Um, <laughs> was there another team that stood out during the Giro, um, Rachel? I'd have to say, if you could talk about sprinters like Kittle and Greipel. Yeah, mm. it's yeah. going to be. And I think Epic. Ulysses as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ulysses, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he was, what, sixth on GC yeah, or something? Yeah, and, and did exactly what he set out to do, which yeah. is, you know, target a couple of stages, the kinds of stages he can win. Bam, delivered. Yeah. Yeah. So so crafty, isn't he? Hmm. I mean, he hmm. just – everyone knows he's going to do do it because he, he basically told everyone that he was going to win these sta- <laughs> the stages that he did win. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, with the sprinters. Uh, for, for, uh, those, for those who we're talking about, Diego Ulysses, who rides with Lampere Mirada. Mm-hmm. So. I think he came third in the TDU one year. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, with the sprinters, Cattell, geez, he, he really, 
even though he's getting better at mountains, he's still not good in. I mean, that's where I think Gripel made a remark saying that he he feels like he's been underrated by the media. Like he goes, oh well, not bad. He goes, I've always been considered an underdog, so not bad that an underdog has won twenty Grand Tour stages. I think he and, said. and there was some controversy early on when when Kittle pulled out, right? And he's, he's you know basically you know mm. everybody's. Bring back memories of but Mario, there was more Mario controversy when Greipel pulled out, mm. and he's lasted longer. You know, it's sort of double standards. I felt right. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah, Ewan pulled out as well. So you know, because they're looking at two thousand meters worth of climbing in the last week, and they're going now. We're not, we're not interested. Right. Yeah, so is that that's legitimate, isn't it? I mean, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, okay. Totally. Yeah, okay. totally. We agree with that. It's still only twenty two. Yeah, isn't it? Something yeah, like I, I would have thought because he's not riding the tour. Mm. I mean, what about if he just rode in the auto bus for that time? And I, I think that would have been okay. I don't think that would have killed him. And then he would have had through two sprint stages if he got there. You know, so at the very end, you mean? I mean, it was yeah. yeah. So mm. yeah, I, I, he could have quite easily. He would have been definitely the fastest guy in the pack. With obviously with Gripel's exit, and then quite likely you would have won either. I think it was stage seventeen or the final stage uh, to Turin, which was a pretty. That was a, <laughs> kind of the Giro ended on a sound <laughs> note there. Yeah, with yeah. The, collecting the photos was weird. It was a whole lot of people lying on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt Rendell had already <laughs> interviewed uh, Nitzolo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, That's funny because he's the perennial runner-up, isn't he? And he bed. finally wins, and when he wins, he doesn't. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. poor bugger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but for me, for me, that summed up the Giro because the dream, the Giro for me is is always about drama, mm. and it starts early and it it finishes late, and uh, you know that it's you just never know with that race mm. how it's going to turn out on any given stage. Anything, literally anything, can happen yeah. at the Giro. So. Pretty cool, but as soon as the Giro's finished, like, okay, that's the Thursday after the Sunday when it did conclude. But then by next week it'll sort of seem redundant. It, it fades in my memory very quickly. And, and it, I don't mean to patronise the Giro, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the nature of the season. The season, yeah. You, yeah. You, you get so excited about the prospect of it coming up and it comes and it plays out and it's great, mm. but by the time the Dauphiné's on, you're like, who was in but, the pink jersey and I, and I was thinking that days ago? I was thinking that when you showed us the cover uh, on Twitter of, uh, of the magazine with right. Matthew Heyman on it, mm. and I, I just thought, my God, that seems like that was a lifetime yeah. ago. Really? Yeah. 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 My five-year-old said the other day, Dad, we were watching Paris-Roubaix only... I don't know, eight weeks ago. Yeah. And, and in, in, in that time, if we look forward another that, that stanza, we, the tour is going to be over and you're going to be back home. Yeah. Mm. And it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, a philosophy of time by my five-year-old. <laughs> time but, is a flat circle. He used the word stanza? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob likes the word stanza. Word. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> On that Moving note, right along. We'll, we'll move right along to our next uh, to our next topic, uh, which will be the criterium de Dauphiné. And as uh, Rob mentioned, rust never sleeps. The season keeps moving. Um, so, sure enough, this weekend. <laughs> We've got one of the big Tour de France uh, warm-up races. And, and really, you know, I hesitate to call them even warm-up races because 
within the little microcosm of the race itself. I mean, there's there's tremendous competitive, um, a tremendous competition happening. Mm. So Criterium de Dauphiné is uh, is goes a week long from Sunday to Sunday, uh, starting this Sunday on SBS two. And we will be showing every stage live, and it will be streamed online as well. Um, and that contains some really big hitters. We're talking Chris Froome. All of them. All the big, <laughs> well, with the exception of somebody like Nibali, for example, and, and, oh, and maybe Valverde. I can do it in alphabetical order, if yeah. you like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and No Quintana as well. Oh, That's right. Van Fabio Aru, Roman Bardet, oh, yep. Gucci Port, yep. Rowan Dennis, Sam Bennett. No, no, no. Uh, moving right <laughs> But we along. love Sam. Uh, Pierre Roland, not that we really care. Uh, Tom Yeltis Lachter. Uh, this is oh, just yeah. the GC guys that we're thinking about. Igor Anton, hmm, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Uh, Julian Alaphilippe, yep. that's pretty rad. That's yep. pretty exciting. Dan Martin, yep. Thibaut Pino, there we go. Keep on going, keep on going. Jerome Capel, uh, I don't know, stretching. <laughs> uh, Louis Manches for Lampre Marida. Uh, he's interesting to watch. Uh, Movistar, Jesus Herrada. Or Jesus. Hethut. Depends. Yes. And then some Yates guys. Apparently both of them are going, but mm. uh, we, we wait to see if that's allowed. Mm. Yep. Uh, and then that Contador bloke, he's done something. Uh, Borka Molema, Ryder mm. Heshadal, Hamas Ubelia, Enrico Gasparotto. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Bloody up. And this is a fantastic race, the Criterium de Dauphine. Yes. Because it's, it's a Tour de France pushed into a week. Without the fuss. Yeah, if you don't, <laughs> if you can't be bothered watching <laughs> bike racing for three weeks in a row, just watch the Dolphin Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last year's was unreal. Remember yes. they had Van Garderen leading, I think. Uh, they, they all Who won? Around. Froome. Wasn't Froome? it? <laughs> no. This, this, no, it wasn't this gets Froome. Back that was to before. Rob's point about it was Froome. trying yes. to it was remember <laughs> what happened. But Nibali led it as well, and he, yeah, he cracked right. on one of the stages, which was going to be part of the tour this year. You get a little... And because yeah. it's owned by ASO, it's also mm. they... They deliberately make it a mini Tour de France preview, yeah, right? a got, showdown. Even and got the lines for the stay, uh, the GC. Oh, it's, it's just yep. yellow yep. jersey lions. Yeah. Just it's basically it's the, the Tour, Tour de France of... without the Pyrenees and and the Grand Depart and, and the crowds and the Champs Elysees and the, Champs -Elysees. <laughs> and the Champs -Elysees. Paris bit. And and Paris, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and but other than that, it's just like the Tour. Yeah. <laughs> and the big sprinters, yeah, and the interest. But other than that, <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> No, it is actually, we're laughing, but it's it's probably because we're more stir-crazy after the Giro than anything else and trying to put two magazines to bed. Um, but uh, but seriously, it is an important race in terms of gauging uh, pre-Tour de France form. And it's what we look to take away some signals. Uh, we take, look to take some signals from every single year. So it, It's kind of funny, isn't it? Because at this point, we know, so it's, Pretty close. It's 30 days now until the Tour de France starts. Yes. So we know that they're basically coming into the best of their condition possible. We also know that there's quite a lot of prestige based around Criterium de Dauphiné. It's a world tour race and, and it's a, a is it a pissing contest for someone <laughs> to show that, you know, they're, look at me, I'm strong, I am good. <clears throat> but if, 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 let's say, like last year, Nibali faltered and he just went, oh, well, that's it, turn the key off and he just rolled to the finish, it didn't really matter. And then the next day he went crazy again. So it's an interesting dynamic, you know, where you see there's real impetus to try and get the yellow jersey. If you lose the yellow jersey, eh, whatever. And then it's it's a fun race to watch in that regard. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Dolphin. I think in the sort of, I don't know, 90s, early to mid-2000s, people were really 
trying to win it, but now they really do target select stages and they don't, you know, with this whole advent of power metering and stuff like that, it's, um, you know, they, they definitely know when to stop trying too hard. I mean, even when, you know, uh, going back to the Giro, when uh, Kanga was in the, the break and Nibley, he waited for Nibley to ride up to him, the first thing, what did Nibali tell Kanga? Three seventy-five. Yeah, I mean everything's just what. <laughs> yeah, it's a game of numbers. Just what? I mean, yeah. for me that was a bit depressing. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, there's no panache in that. Well, speaking of three seventy-five, um, obviously for me, you know, for me, he's defending champion, and um, you know, he's got uh, Mikkel Neve and uh, Walt Pauls um, riding shotgun. Um, he's he says, "Hey now, how now, how now? Is he gonna no, start? No, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure what's happening with uh, with Sergio, but I mean, really, just looking at those first three with Team Sky, it's gonna be it's, even even uh, owing to the fact that they may only be targeting certain stages and not really worrying about GC so much. Uh, it's gonna be pretty tough to beat these. Uh, uh, each just, time Frames won the Dauphiné, he's gone on to win the Tour, which is twice. Mm. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it's an omen." Yeah, and Continental ne- never won the Dauphiné. Well, he's going to be an interesting one so to watch because uh, we don't really know where Bertie's fitness and form is at the moment, do we? Or Richie. Or we Richie? haven't seen Richie yeah. race. No. Or, yeah. And uh, I hope he puts on a big show. Yeah. Put him undercover for a reason. <laughs> well, each time Richie has ridden the Dauphiné, he hasn't won the Tour. <laughs> Written. Oh, yeah, okay. On oh, account of him never having won the <laughs> Yes. Wow, you're messing with my mind. What about 2018? I'm just waffling as Phil's yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm just <laughs> pissing this guy off. I don't even know him. Phil's, I thought you Phil's were doing pretty good on the, on the reining back the waffle. Uh, I'm apologising for Anthony right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't, at, don't at me, man. Uh, <laughs> do we need to go long on Dauphiné? No, 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 we're done. So, do you have other topics? That's, uh-huh. that's, that's okay. how interesting the Dauphiné was. No, that's right. No, but it, actually, it is actually interesting, and, mm. and really we've done it for a point, uh, which is to let you know that there is going to be bike racing. And if you can't stay up, because the times are really late this year, and if you want to save oh. your... Yes. No, but am I, have you checked? Because usually when the Dauphiné is on, the French opens on. So yes, uh, given it finishes the, an hour and early. So in other words, yeah, yeah. the Dauphiné no, no, generally no, no. lends right. itself yeah, to no, good there television are, there, are, there are a couple of stages that actually finish at 11.30 at night. Yeah. Finished? Right? Yes. You're asleep okay. before midnight. That's one. right. So you'll you've be in bed before Twitter, midnight. So you've said your Twitter goodbyes. I take yeah. it all back. I was wrong. The bed's warm, ready to go. time trial start off Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, you know, anyway, regardless of that, um, we will obviously have you know, highlights on, on the website, uh, on the Cycling Central website the following morning anyway, and a full wrap of what happened uh, if you want to just kind of save all your sleep for the tour or lack of sleep for the tour. So mm. Um, mm. that's pretty much it for us. We wanna, I want to go... Is that a topical conversation, you know, like a, a news item that we should be dissecting? You wanted to talk about Hanau, didn't you? No, I just... He's back. I said, what, when, when he got banned in April, what did I say? I said, that they've stained his reputation. Mm. They've said for the second time. Yeah. Mm. And then they're going to come out with an excuse and let him ride again. Yeah. Ta-da. Like, that's not to say that aren't I clever. No, I think everyone could mm. see that coming. Because mm. it's just... But, but at that point, you've got to start... At now, and we've said it before and I'll keep saying it, we just need to understand the blood passport data more. 
they wouldn't have gone after him unless they had something really substantial. And I think someone referenced the fact that it's the first time that someone's been cleared based on blood passport data. The science... And it's happened twice for the same guy. The science behind this is diabolical, right? There's still so much to learn. I mean, what do we do with this, Anthony? Well, I think it's it's comes back to this same lament by so many journalists saying, well, do we have to be scientists now to understand this? And I don't even trust the robustness of the 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 buyer passport anyway it's it seems that so many writers openly admit of oh, the ones who are being caught at least saying well it's, it is possible oh, deluca yeah, yeah i mean mm. he's saying i should have been caught so many more times than i did <laughs> uh rico also saying he goes hey man I, I, i've been doping all my career and they only caught me at the 2008 tour yeah mm. it's shocking so yeah, so there's you know there's a there's a there there is a a built-in um, lack of trust in the entire system I think all the way around. My view about all this all of this now is is that I tend to be less concerned about the doping now than I ever used to be. Yeah. Um, all we can hope for is that the anti-doping authorities just do their best. Yeah. Let's you know without without any shenanigans. Just do your best. Test. You know what it was last Monday on the 23rd of May? It was the 10th anniversary of Operation Puerto. Mm. And still there's 51 athletes named, or 50, yeah. and all of them are bike riders, and the list had over 200, 200. names. Yeah, that's right. Ten years on, and uh, anyway. And we, still, and we still haven't, you know, from that case, we still haven't heard what's any decision made about uh, about the blood bags. I, I reference it. So. We've got a, a piece with your Gaksh, who was part of Operation yes. Puerto, and he talks about it in the new issue. And it, it is quite interesting, and it's important to remind people that this happened ten years ago, because yeah. there were lessons from that. Everyone talks about Festina Affair and the effect that that had on 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 sport and it was significant because it started to make people realize it was happening but operation puerto took it to another level yeah is yaksha studying at sydney university new south wales okay yeah, yeah. but anyway the, the, i don't know the, these are the sort of things yeah, that i yeah, think that we yeah. can also talk but about in a podcast we yeah, yeah like, like this one like this one perhaps mm-hmm. um but I think, uh, you know, so cycling was there 10 years ago. We had that moment with Puerto where we, we, we began to have a full understanding of what was happening within mm-hmm. the sport. And it's always interesting for me now to watch what's happening with, uh, athletics. with athletics and, you know, and to see the rest of the world and sp- the rest of the sporting world all of a sudden have that little aha moment where they realize it's like, hey, hang on, the scales have fallen from our eyes. Mm. You know, there's just so many athletes implicated. So you've got Kenyans, you've got Russians, you get, yeah. you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's just been fascinating. And of course, every, everyone in cycling has been going, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. Our sport is, is just riddled with dopers, but Hey, wait till we get to your sport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So you're just saying sport in general is riddled with, is nefariousness a word? Yes. Okay. Right. I read oh, some pieces. Oh, what's topical really is, you know, what you wanted to say, Phil, because you wanted to wrap this up 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, I did. Dummy is outside. <laughs> That's right. We want to go see our, our Eurovision runner-up. Yeah. Oh, I knew we were rushing you, it for you a didn't, reason. You didn't yeah. um, see her on Sunrise? Uh, no, I didn't. No, sorry. Sorry about no, that. I want to see her. I'd rather, I wanna, I'd rather, you weren't driving the buggy. No, I'd, I'd rather see her in person, to be quite you honest. You want to so. see him, but the him is a uh. She, that's, that's, that's correct. That's right. While we're talking about other sports, La- okay. can I reference one thing just in yes. closing? Go just ahead. to just to play pay homage to Crowsfake and his somersault. Yes. And it is I was reading the newspaper this morning, print at the coffee shop. Was, that's one of the joys of finishing a magazine is that you can go and do these novel things. And there was a, a report about the rain at the French Open. 
And they so if you pay over two hours, then the crowd doesn't get a refund if they cancel the match. So they went to two hours and one minute. And yeah. and there were two women uh, who were complaining about that they they could have done serious damage to themselves because the ball was picking up clay and it was wet and it was how can the um, the, the authorities allow this to happen where they could damage an athlete to this extent by having uh, precipitation on the court. <laughs> and then I think about that sort of complaint, and I am coming back to cycling, <laughs> and you see Crow's weight going 80k an hour doing a somersault onto his you know, onto his head, mm. landing, breaking a rib, riding 50 or 60 k's afterwards at absolute breakneck speeds and, and then not even really complaining about it. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, we've said it time and, and, time and then again. racing, and then racing the next day, and and and, and coming fourth overall in yep. the Giro, yeah, and but not even lamenting that he could have won it. He yes, just like every sport is different. Yeah, you know, we all have yes. our different. But imagine if it rained on a tennis court. Nah, Steve-O, oh, Steve-O's, so Steve-O's <laughs> awesome. I'm not a fan of any of the riders, but he's pretty awesome. Mm. And mm. on that note. <laughs> We will end with the awesome Stephen Kreuzwick, not the winner, Vincenzo Nibali. Actually, there, I just did it. We were ending with Vincenzo Nibali, who won his fourth Grand Tour, the Giro d'Italia. Vincenzo. Thanks for listening. We're going to go now.